This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that is freetalklive.com. We start things out by going right to the phone calls here. Uh, it is a show about your calls. So let's talk to Niall in Utah on the amp line. Hello, Niall. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful rainy day. I got a question for the tranny basher over there. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you said before that you sort of like the idea of license plates on cars so that cops can see you if you rob a bank or run over an old lady. Well, not just police officers, but, you know, people in general. I think that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of cars out there that are very similar, and it makes perfectly good sense to me to put numbers on the back of these cars so that people can find out about them. I'm not sure, saying sure, sure. I like the idea of registering those license plates every single year with the authorities. That seems like, to me, just a way to for them to earn okay. extra, to, to you, steal extra money. Are, all you want is the... The numbers to be in some sort of like publicly accessible database, that kind of thing. I I, th- I think that that sounds okay. Okay, I've got a, I've got an even better idea. Okay. Um, you might you might go for this. Um, how about we just oh geez I don't know tattoo some numbers on everybody's arms. <laughs> we can know who they are when they commit a crime. After all, it's their roads they're walking on. Well, um, people are quite a bit more identifiable than cars are. Um, Like, you know, there's there's quite a few beige or bronze Honda Accords out there, whereas, you know, not so many people that look exactly like me. But the cop's not going to know you from Adam. They're not, but uh, when they hang my picture up in the the post office and says wanted, perhaps he will. Well, it was just a thought. Yeah, very good, Niall. Just, mm. just want to say hey to Garb while he's there. Right, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Sure. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. So I guess some of the breaking news from this afternoon uh, came from our very own New Hampshire, uh, Rochester. There was some madman who apparently, uh, what, broke into the Hillary compound or whatever, the Hillary yeah. campaign headquarters and took hostages? Amazingly, we were just in the middle of starting up a discussion about a bill in the state house to try to uh, prevent people from carrying firearms into the uh, State House in New Hampshire and into the Legislative Office Building, which is right across the street. So we were just getting into on our show talking about the right to keep and bear arms and how that would bring about uh, psychological changes in bad guys where if they thought there might be a handgun or something uh, on somebody in a particular room, they might avoid that area and go someplace else to commit their bad deeds. And we hear this story coming out about this guy who says he's got a bomb strapped to himself walking into the Hillary Clinton headquarters in the seacoast in New Hampshire. So now, uh, now this is an interesting situation. You mentioned the uh, this new piece of legislation they're proposing here in New Hampshire yeah. uh, to ban firearms from the state house. Yeah, that's something that people in other states just. I mean, it's already been banned. There. Oh yeah, a long time. So ago. I think are, are there any other state governments that uh, that actually allow people to carry firearms, Vermont, uh, perhaps, around and about their uh, their state office buildings? It's a great question. I'd love to find out. I'd, and probably, uh, I bet you, people at, like Gun Owners of America probably would be able to give information or a Google search. I'll yeah, check just, that out. Just a curiosity. Yeah. Uh, so if you know, you can share it with us at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But have there been a rash of shootings at the state house recently that has prompted no, this? No. You know, I spoke to the woman who proposed the bill this morning I, I spoke this morning i spoke to the woman who proposed the bill i should be more precise in my language and um and uh she said that she wasn't ready to speak on my on my show but that 
Uh, she would want to talk about it. I said, yeah, because, you know, I'm getting a lot of emails about this, and people are already going to talk about it. I have to do justice to my audience, and so I hope you will come on. And she said, well, you know, there was an incident last year that caused some concern, but she didn't go into details about it, and I didn't have time to ask her. So I'm going to talk to her again uh, next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about this and find out why she's proposing this thing. But essentially, uh, the text of it says the bill prohibits a person other than a law enforcement officer from carrying a firearm or any other weapon in the state house or legislative office building. So, of course, that means anybody with harmful intent would be prevented from walking in with a firearm because Absolutely. there's this invisible magic barrier called a the bill. Law. Right. You know? And and let's not forget the story that came out. Uh, I believe it was yesterday's paper that said uh, that they you know just locked up a, a police officer, arrested police officer for threatening to shoot some other police officers. Mm. So apparently, cops would never ever no. shoot anybody. No, no never, never. They well, never now there's no there there's no security at the state house, so no. they're not proposing putting in any security. Right, they're just going to pass a law. So it won't really do anything to stop someone who's really determined to actually bring a firearm into the state house and, you know, let loose on the legislators. Exactly. If his intent is to do a crime that's that bad, what is it, you know, a minor infringement like carrying the firearm going to do to the guy? He's already planning on either killing or maiming somebody, so he doesn't care in the least. Well, you know, I think that we can, we can all be pretty sure that once they pass that law or shortly after passing that law, they'll just have to have more police officers to protect the very yeah. important interesting they might state have to hire more police officers and get them in the public union mm-hmm. got to have got to have more now public I employees wonder if the incident that this lady was referring to has anything to do with free state project members who are seem to be a little more likely than your average new hampshire uh, person to open carry a firearm yes. uh, and i know that a number of them do they are active at the state house and oh, yeah. so i wonder if the fact that a free state project member walked into the state house with a firearm on his hip sort of got you know raised some hackles if you will and yeah. that's the reason why that's this uh, this bill has been proposed which of course isn't what the intention of those who are open carrying is they don't want to uh, to draw attention to uh, they don't want to draw negative attention to that what they just want to do is is exercise their right to bear arms yeah. but unfortunately it does end up usually drawing some negative attention usually in a, usually resulting in the police being called on them uh, the police checking their identification and you know sort of uh, essentially bothering them for several minutes and, and know, then before they let them go. You know what's an interesting thing, and I didn't bring it up today on the air, Ian, but uh, it, the psychology is fascinating. When you look at these people and their thirst, this race to get legislation passed that they've proposed, right? It's fascinating to me because I spoke to her and I said, well, would you like to come on the air? And we have a lot of people who are interested in this, a lot of pro-gun folks. i got to give you a warning. I'm, I'm a libertarian slash free market anarchist, and you know I'm very strict on the Constitution. If there goes your interview. Yeah, so you know, so she she says, well, um, uh, yeah, I do want to come on. I said, it's in your best interest to defend your position. She goes, yeah, I do want to come on, but you know, I really have to look into this a little bit more. You know, since I filed the legislation, I I, I think I really ought to research this more. She filed, filed the legislation <laughs> first, and then she wants to look into it. It's just interesting, and and it's amazing. Think about this. You know, if you are a business person rather than a legislator who has basically no bottom line to worry about as far as financial loss goes if you make a mistake. If you're a business person, you're not going to jump right into something like that with a proposal right. that, oh, hey, here's an idea for a business. Let's go spend X amount of money on a new marquee or something. You're going to research you're gonna, it. You're yeah. going to... Yeah, check you're out check the marketplace. It out. But these people recklessly throw these bills out there, and every the law is in New Hampshire. Every one of them has got to have a vote. 
Well, I certainly hope that uh, this fails miserably. I hope she does come on your show. And, of yeah. course, uh, people can go and listen to your program at libertyconspiracy.com. Uh, Gardner does his own radio show here in New Hampshire five days a week. So you can go and grab it up there. Yeah. Um, so 800-259-9231, you can comment on that or whatever's on your mind. We go to the phones to talk to John in Winnipeg. John, you're on Free Talk Live with the Guard and Mark. Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, John. Good. What's on your mind? Uh, okay. Well, it's Ron Paul CNN censorship issues here. We know that uh, the last time we had the uh, Republican YouTube debate, the one video that received more votes than any other that they decided not to use uh, was of the girl who, you know, um, said essentially, uh, you know, we have all the evidence we would need that the Bush administration um, willfully worked to mislead Congress to trick ourselves into a war that was unneeded, and will you support um impeachment hearing so they decided not to go with that video even though it got the most votes mm-hmm. and now this time around you know i i hate you know i love you guys show and i know you look at me as a bad guy but i'll tell you I do. We, we don't even know who you are well, john again, you know uh, as great as he is i mean he's telling us that it was the u.n that got us into the into the war and saddam wasn't in violation of 1441 it was the bush administration that just started bombing the country um, lowering your abilities to seek out WMDs or bring freedom to anybody. You well, only lowered your abilities by bombing it. If you could go anywhere you want without delay, without restriction. Um, that's what are you talking issue. about? I'm sorry. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough, uh, close enough attention there. I, were you confused on that one, Mark? What was he saying? I, you know, I don't uh, support the war, and I... It, to me, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, the U.N., I didn't elect them, so I don't like either the Bush or the U.N. I'm not sure what um, the conflict is here, but I'd like to find out what it is. So we'll bring you back on this one, John. 800-259-9231. I'll uh, clear my head and uh, try to listen a little more intently so I can try to understand what it was that he was getting at. I'm sure it was simple and I just missed something. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free live streams. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both there, waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Liberty Forum will be held January 3rd through the 6th at the Crown Plaza Hotel and Resort in Nashua, New Hampshire, with a free shuttle from nearby Manchester International and a special rate for Liberty Forum attendees, this is a sweet deal you don't want to miss. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And use code 2008FTL to save 10%. That's 2008FTL to save 10%. It is going to be awesome. That's right. You're going to be speaking there. Uh, We're going to be broadcasting live, and it's going to be a good time. So looking forward to seeing you there. As a matter of fact, they're saying that the the hotel rooms are going to be gone by uh, the the special rates going to be gone uh, this Monday. So you need to register this weekend. If you're going to do it, and you're likely going to do it, Register this weekend because the the special rates will be gone come Monday. Okay, very good. Uh, so let's go back to John in Winnipeg. All right, John, let's reset because uh, maybe I just missed a few things you said before, but it it didn't make much sense yeah. to me. So you go ahead and yeah, get another well, shot. Yeah, I didn't. I was thinking about. It. I think a, a better way to exp- express it is is uh, the National Intelligence uh, Estimate, for example. We knew that it was comprised by the CIA and the FBI and several other intelligence agencies. And uh, the White House issued it to Congress. Now, we know the version from the CIA and the one that came out of Bush's office, and they were different documents. The Bush administration doctored 
the National Intelligence Estimate, rewrote critical sentences, removed paragraphs, and submitted that to Congress. Okay. This, of course, is just one of their grievous assaults against the American interest. So that's an example. Uh, you know, uh, so it's like Ron Paul. I'll, I respect him a tremendous amount, but it's like he, he's running cover for the neocons because he'll say... What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's exactly right. the point we're trying to get to. Did, are, did you say that Ron Paul said the U.N. got us into this? Well, he's not... When, in the debates, he was suggesting that, uh, you know, the the U.N. is uh, responsible for the... If he hasn't mentioned anything else, but the U.N. is responsible because of uh, the opportunities that it gave the Bush administration when the U.N.'s position on March the 3rd, 2007, or March the 7th, 2003, was that we had complete unrestricted access to go wherever you please without delay, and that's just prior to bombing the country. So okay. if you can go anywhere you want, you're only lowering your abilities. And by Ron Paul blaming the U.N., he's not getting back to the fact that congressmen were criminally misled. So do you have? Do you, do you actually expect um, that George Bush will go to jail? Well, God damn right he's going to go to jail. No, and he's not. For the, for the crimes that he's committed against no, the American No, he's not people. going to jail. I mean, well, sure I, he is. That's your religion. Who's going to put him there? Justice for all people. Oh, look, Nobody I'm all for better. justice for all people too, and I'm fine and dandy with the idea of him going to jail. I'd, I'd, I'd likely be maybe a little happy. I, I wouldn't dance around or anything, but oh, I'm telling you what the real world's like, and the real world is that George Bush isn't going to jail. <laughs> He's not my de- deity. I don't re- worship him and think he is in a po- more powerful position than myself. The only the thing that keeps I'm with me you from putting cuffs. Well, wait, the only thing that keeps me from Putting cuffs on his hand, on his arms, and putting him in uh, in trial, and then uh, to prison for the rest of his life or the death sentence is communications. Uh, you know, no well, then ever... there's that, and the fact that you aren't in Washington D.C. nor are you a police officer, so uh, yeah, you, you can't gotta, really get away with that. You, now, you I want to go back to your to... allegation about Ron Paul. You're suggesting he's running cover for the neocons. Where do you yeah. get that from, dude? Well, you, to, it's to find out who's directly responsible for a criminal action. If you trick Congress. And mislead the people. You're committing a criminal. Um, you know, it's a. It's a what does crime. that have to do with you Ron know that Paul? Politicians man. lie well, every day, right? Here's what it has to do with it. Here's what it has to do with it. The, a libertarian will say that they support the Constitution, and yet they'll they'll say, "Well, not that much of the Constitution." Wait a minute. Okay, now I mean we got now I got to speak up. Rights. You are aware that Ron Paul, when he offered a declaration of war in Congress stated that he did not believe the rationale was strong enough for us to go into uh, into Iraq, and yet he was going to offer a declaration of war at least to be constitutional for those pinheads out there who wanted to move in without a declaration of war, right? So he set up his rationale that the United States has not had not made the argument when they voted in 2002 to give Bush the power. So it's all on record in the congressional, congressional yeah, record. It's clear Ron Paul was not fooled by the Bush administration's lies. So, I don't, again, I don't understand your point, John. In, in, in 2002, the vote that they made was to exhaust all, 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 all other options. And no, no, the options weren't exhausted because, you, like I said, Saddam was complete, completely cooperative. There was nothing you couldn't get from him. In fact, he offered more than America was willing to take. He offered complete media access for Bush to pontificate any allegations. I don't think you're going to find any disagreement uh, on this show with the fact that the Bush administration is corrupt and awful. And, uh, they as initi- was the Clinton administration. And they, yeah, and that they initiated a conflict that was completely unnecessary in both Afghanistan and Iraq. There's no disagreement here. I'm what feeling I'm, like I'm getting deflection here, and I, I don't yeah, think Yeah, he's not answering our questions about uh, Ron Paul. Where is, how is it that Ron Paul factors into all this? I'll give you one last chance, John. Because he voted against uh, well, the Ron war. Well, Ron Paul f- factors into it 
in in respect to uh, the doctoring of the national intelligence estimate and the are you alleging that Ron Paul doctored something? No, no, no. And well, there's that that he that instead of saying that he he was misled, all of Congress was misled there, and also. Uh, when I don't think Ron Paul was ever misled. He voted place. against the war every single time he possibly could. So right. don't think he was misled, and I'm not sure where you're getting any of this from. Maybe you're just making it up. Look, there, you know there's a guy um, that's running right now that, that uh, recommends impeachment for Bush, Dennis Kucinich. You're aware of that? Yeah. And do you think that Dennis Kucinich is going to win the presidential election? It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it does matter. I mean, like there's. Here. You were talking about. No, what, what I'm telling you is, if Ron Paul goes up there and and spews this kind of, uh, whether whether it's correct or not, spews what you're talking about, he's not going to be a player at all. I mean, you're, well, what you're proposing right. is that this man, whom you said you respect, just throw away his presidential bid. Well, that's if he if he said to America they bombed the country irrationally. There was no reason to kill the people there because you've only lowered our abilities. Everyone would shout out, uh, shout out in joy and say, "Yeah, that's right." We, that's we what just, he's been saying over murdered. and over. I think he said um, things just no like that. It's only he, he said that we wouldn't want it done here, and um, so why would we do it to them over there? Yeah, I, I just don't get you, John. Thanks for trying. Apparently, Thanks for the Ron's call. not saying it exactly the way he wants it yeah, said. Yeah, just a conf- confused about what... He, I don't think he really understands what Ron Paul's position is. I don't think that uh, he's been paying uh, attention, and okay, he's in Winnipeg, so you can't really even vote for him anyway. I don't really know why he cares so much. It's, wow, okay. Anyway. He wants George Bush in jail. Well, okay, great. Fine, put George Bush in jail. But I agree with you, Mark. It's probably not going to happen. It seems very unlikely to me. Uh, I mean, Bill Clinton, he was impeached, but he didn't get put in jail. I mean, just because you get impeached won't mean you're going to jail. And you might you might resent the fact that Ron Paul hasn't been leading the charge the way Dennis Kucinich has and calling for impeachment, that the, the, the national intelligence estimate was doctored. I don't know. Confusing. Let's talk to Trey in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Trey? Hey, guys, I hope I'm not bringing up a story that you've covered recently, um, being that I haven't listened to much the last couple of days. But here in Houston recently, a man called 911 and told him that someone was robbing his house, and, or robbing his neighbor's house, excuse me. And uh, that, and he kind of warned him early that, you know, I'm not going to let him leave. And the conversation went on for about seven minutes, and the guy started to leave his neighbor's house. And he went outside with a shotgun and shot the guys and yeah. killed them. Ooh, give, me some, wonder- give me some more detail here yeah. in a moment, all right? Hang on, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. And that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com and get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't, have to, you don't have to file bankruptcy, and you can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com as we go back to Trey in Texas. Now, Trey, you're saying that in Houston, 
Uh, there was a, a situation with a man who had there was someone st- uh, what robbing his neighbor's house and he stood outside with a shotgun. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I'll I'll go back through the call as best as I can remember it real quick. It's about a seven and a half minute nine one one call, mm-hmm. and the conversation starts with the guy telling um, the operator that there are two men robbing his neighbor's house. He can see him through the window, and they've got a bag and they're gathering some things. Mm. And he hints within the first minute of the call that he might take some force on these guys. He doesn't explicitly say it right away. But then after about the first minute of the call, he makes it very clear that he has a shotgun next to him and that if the cops don't get there before they leave, he's going to take care of it himself. Good for him. He continues to make this point throughout the conversation, which is the part that bugged me because, you know, he's he made it very clear. And that should have been a sign to the cops that if they didn't want these guys to get shot, they should have gotten their asses out there. But... That didn't happen, right? So uh, it comes towards the end of the call, and the guy's telling him, you know, if they come out, I'm going out there. If they come out, I'm going out there. And they, they start to go outside. He says, all right, man, i got to go. And the guy says, sir, don't go out there. Don't do it. And he says, oh, I have to. And he goes outside, and you hear, move and you're dead. That's what he says to him, move and you're dead. And then you hear, boom, boom. And then wow. a short pause, and then another boom. Takes three shots at him. Comes back to his cell phone, which I believe was laying in the grass of his yard or something, and says, mm-hmm. you know, get out here, I shot him. And uh, my question for you guys, awesome. I was wondering where that stands in property right defense. Are you allowed to go out and shoot someone that's robbing your neighbor's house if it's not your property? Does it go against some nonviolence principles? I personally happen to think being a red-blooded Texan that he had every right to do it, and I would love to have a neighbor like him. But uh, Yeah, who wouldn't where... want to have a neighbor like that? I yeah. think that, uh, I mean, he gave him fair warning. It's not like he just let fly with, the, with hot lead on these people. Uh, he right. did give them the chance to stop, and they didn't, so he shot him. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's just what I'm gleaning. I don't know about the story. That's what I'm gleaning from what you're telling me. And, you know, it's interesting. And in a free market society, data like that gets out to the criminals, and then they don't go to those areas. They don't exactly. go. And that's what he was very indignant that it was happening in his neighborhood, which is a, a bit of an upscale neighborhood. You're talking four or five thousand square foot houses. Sure. And that that's a kind of you know a little more background for you. But he was very very offended that that kind of action was happening in his neighborhood. And I think that's a lot of what drove him. There might have been he might have said something about it another recent robbery or something, but he was obviously not happy about the uh, protection that he was getting from his uh, officers in that neighborhood and decided to take it into his own hand. And I thought it was, I, I immediately knew there was going to be a hailstorm over it, and I hope, uh, you know, I'll, I'll travel to go protest for this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure he's been charged yeah. with uh, with some, uh, what, what, is, what has he been charged with at this point, anything? In, no charges at this point. Texas really? happens to have very liberal laws for this, and uh, early word is that he might be able to get off. But I'm not, you know, I'm not counting on that because I'm sure they can find some way. Well, how far but, are you from that from that area, man? Well, um, I'm actually from Austin. Uh, I live in Austin. I'm from Houston in the northwest area, and he's from Pasadena. And they, they've got all these kind of towns around Houston like that. So it's a sub. Hey, b- before before we disconnect, if you're from Austin, do you know the Sons of Hercules? I don't. What's that? Uh, they're a great <laughs> band from around Austin. Check them out. They play around emos all the time. Awesome, man. Thanks for the tip. Hey, Trey, it. thank you for the call and the question. And it is a good question because we certainly talk about how uh, when when somebody uses force, you, you really can only respond with a certain level of force uh, back. But in a situation like that, are you just supposed to stand by, stand by and watch as these criminals loot your neighbor's house and and get away? I mean, I mean, isn't he to some extent the agent or proxy for his neighbor? 
I mean, uh, I, I would, I go and talk to my neighbors. I, I consider them to, to some extent. I trust them. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't trust the guy who's looting my house. Isn't can't my neighbor to some extent? I, I obviously, if if they were wrong, if they did something incorrect, you know, they made an error, it would be a very right, bad. If they thing. Shot his son after he was just going to get his dog from the house or something like that. Right, but yeah, hopefully right. the son wouldn't say, "Oh my God, a guy with a gun! I'm running." I mean, yeah. usually running, you know, it, it's not always an indicator of guilt, but it. Usually is. Sometimes it is. Yeah, a lot of interesting assumptions there. Uh, you assume that the neighbor who owned the property would not willingly give up his property and just say, oh, go ahead, take it. Uh, you don't know the extent to which that man would defend his property, but you do know that this man, the neighbor next door, uh, assumed it onto himself to try to protect that area. Right, so well, a lot likely of if, you know, if, if somebody wasn't a thief, they'd put their hands up and go, hey, hey, you know, the guy who owned this, whatever his name is, George, said I could be here. Right, right. You know, I live like, here, man. Like, that's the, that's sort of the magic word is saying the guy's name. Uh, a, a burglar doesn't know the guy's name. Right. So right. then... Uh, a good burglar probably does. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. You assu- you're assuming that it, you're talking about when you're talking about a good burglar, you're talking about uh, one guy out of 50. Sure. Most burglars are just, you know, kids, crack addicts. I you know, totally. Kind of I meant the professionals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I still I'd love to hear from you on this one. How you feel? Uh, is there a gray area here? I don't know. I, st- I feel pretty good about backing this guy up like. He think. was ste- those people were stealing from that man's home. They'd given up their right to uh you know, they'd given up their rights in that particular case and uh, let let the lead fly. Hey, you as know, far as I'm concerned. you know, Ian, it's interesting because when you get into these these conversations they become rather abstract. You say, "Okay, well, how much uh, we we rely on our property, the our our right to possess property. In this case it was a neighbor's right, but we'll we'll try to widen it a little bit. Our right to possess property uh is is basic for our right to survive without mm-hmm. the the assurance of our right to keep the fruits of our labor we can't be sure that we could be starved to death so well, we have a right have to a defend right, it. you have a right to designate a an agent um I, sure you know just because i rent a house as opposed to owning it doesn't mean that i can't protect that property correct right um just because i happen to be you know visiting at a person's house so you know that's a little less of an involvement as a renter doesn't mean i can't um, protect that property right right yeah um so just because i live next door and I visit on a reasonably, you know, on, on some kind of regular basis, or we talk across the back fence, or or we're, you know, we chat now and then, or we're part of the same neighborhood watch. That doesn't mean I'm not the agent, yeah. an agent that can be a, a protector of that property. Right. right. I personally know my neighbors. I always do. They know my first name. I talk to them, you know, and and I g- generally trust them. But so, even if yeah, you don't I know, would. even if you don't know the neighbors, this isn't really. I don't think it's any different necessarily from going into a fast food restaurant. And having the the guy in front of you in line uh, pull out a gun and hold the joint up, you don't necessarily have a financial interest in the protecting that fast food restaurant. Uh, you you could c- certainly sit it out and wait and let the guy rob the place and, mm. and move on. Mm. But mm. in many cases, there have been some heroes that have stepped in. They've been armed. They've been in that location. They didn't have any obligation to step to the defense of that business and that person, but they did anyway, even though they didn't know who that cashier was. And they you know they they pulled their weapon on that person and and stopped. Uh, a tragedy from, and you know, from happening. You know, Ian, regardless of the considerations of the people uh, as far as the spectrum of response, what is too harsh, what is not enough. I mean, you know, if the guy had a baseball bat and clocked him and didn't kill him, maybe people wouldn't feel as bad about it, that sort of thing. I mean, he used deadly force on this guy. But the, the point is that the 
Well, I'm not going to say the point is, I, I don't think we can deny that the practical outcome of it, and I'm not saying that the ends justify the means here, but we are talking about the sanctity of private property. It's a, a little bit more ambiguous here. There's a, a realm of ambiguity because it wasn't this man's property, so that makes it a little trickier. But as far as the defense goes into uh, for this, you know one thing, and that's this stuff works to keep criminals away. Yeah. And if you had these small zones of of, of uh, localities, these small communities where people said, you know what, I'm going to back you up. Somebody comes around, I'm going to back you up. Well, you know, they can they can work out their own dynamics. They can try to figure it out. If if there's a mistake made, they could toss the guy out if they had free market communities. Yeah, and, and when it comes, absolutely true, when it comes to uh, these criminals, you never know what, what house these guys would have robbed next. Sure. Would there have been right. um, no parents home but a, uh, oh, you know, young, yes. a younger child or something like that? What would they have done to shut that child up yeah. um, to make sure they didn't uh, snitch him out? You never know. I mean, sorry. He could have stopped a whole string of robberies by doing As far as I'm this. concerned... Good Hero. riddance to Great bad point. garbage. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. It is your program. If you take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there totally free, including the wiki, the archives, the updates, you name it. We give it away. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Well, not Gardner. He does his site for free. So right, my man. But if, they, if it's a host that's not on this show, they're probably trying to charge you. Especially if they have formerly nicotine-stained fingers. Uh, so head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy it for free. And if you like the website and you like the show, then maybe you should buy some stuff at our store. Go to store.freetalklive.com and uh, you'll find all kinds of great Free Talk Live related merchandise, a variety of t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more all there for you. Store.freetalklive.com Your average mattress is manufactured using all kinds of uh, pesticides like uh, boric acid and things like that. Savvy Rest mattresses are not. They're made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. You don't want your child breathing in boric acid. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming. That's that's SavvyRest.com. Let's talk to Darlene, ladies first in Toronto. Darlene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Good. Well, I wanted to talk about uh, the successes of Ron Paul, but before I do that, um, actually it is uh, in response to John from Winnipeg, and I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, there's totally miscommunication going on right now. What he was referring to, I think, is uh, that Ron Paul did mention something about the U.S. going to war under U.N. resolutions during the first part of the debate, and it was actually during the answer he was giving in response to the question regarding the CFR and if it's a conspiracy. And the highway, right? Was that that the one about the highway from Mexico to Canada, darling? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Of it, course, it, you know, off the air. Yeah, off the air, we talked about that because we were all confused, and I said, you know, I, I saw that part, but did I miss something? You know, and, and I, you're exactly right. I think that that might have been it. And I thought his answer was great there, and, and he said, look, oh. I'm not in favor of the United States federal government. I think that's too big. You think I'm going to be in favor of the UN and and a North American Union? That's even bigger. Right, and the thing is, this was just one statement at the end of a question that really had no, it wasn't really pertaining to the Iraq war at all, it was pertaining to this conspiracy, so I think it may have been misconstrued, but he does mention it, but it's not brought up again if, as a as an explanation as to why, you know, Iraq war was a bad idea and blah, 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 so I don't know, maybe that was the communication, a miscommunication, but 
what I was calling about was uh, the fact that I'm addicted to the Ron Paul campaign because I can't stop, like, looking for news stories and seeing what the successes are. And just for today, I'm sure you're going to talk about it at some point, but the mini money bomb. Um, no, I don't know about this. Thing. What happened? You're kidding me. No, I think yeah, I heard something about, about a, a smallish bomb. I, I pretty much get most of my Ron Paul news from the Lou Rockwell blog. They do a good job of, uh, of keeping up on things there. Uh, but w- what happened? How's okay, it going? Well, this was an initiative, again, by the same guy who's doing the Tea Party, the same guy who did November 5th. Um, but what, it's a mini bomb. It didn't get too much attention, but it was, it was being advertised as the Rudy's Reading List. Mm-hmm. Um, money bomb, and it was trying to get as much money as possible before the beginning of December so they can start spending money to get ready for these primaries. Right. And, uh, and so they weren't expecting all that much from it, but just from the time your show has been on the air, they've raised about $43,000. And since then, today, I mean, they've mm-hmm. blown through the $10 million mark, and they've beaten Rudy Giuliani, actually all of the other Republican candidates, complete totals for the third quarter. So it's some pretty big successes just for today, even though this money bomb was not that uh, advertised, it did fairly well. So by the end of the day, we could be looking at a half million dollars for his campaign. Wow, anyway, that's fantastic, that's, Darlene. Yeah, it's fantastic, and I'm just addicted to it, and I watch it, and I just thought I'd brought it up. Well, isn't it up. satisfying, <laughs> Darlene? You know, I don't know I don't know how old you are or anything like that, but there comes a certain point where you felt like you've been isolated for a long time, and then all of a sudden you, you meet people, you find some place where you can connect with people, and this happened to me in 1994 when I went to an Institute for Humane Studies seminar. They're connected with George Mason University, very hardcore free market group. Groups. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm meeting all these people and saying, wow, this is great. And I don't know if you're getting the same feeling from, from the campaign or not, but it's uh, it's really thrilling, isn't it? It is. It's great. And, you know, like I, I mean, I'm involved. Uh, like I know about Canadian politics. Unfortunately, your political system, whatever happens down there, you know, there's a big influence of what happens up here. And that's just kind of the way it is. So I think you find a lot of Canadians, uh, as in John in Winnipeg and myself in Toronto, and I'm sure another a number of other Canadians are listening, um, are involved. And to see this happening, to see this grassroots, to finally see – I mean, it's the same here. I mean, it's the same here. There's a whole bunch of apathy here. Mm. Um, you know, look at who's in power in Canada, Stephen Harper. Um, I mean – it's just really exciting to finally see, yeah, we can do this. We can totally do it. And you're doing it down there, and it's just it's intoxicating just following it. So, cool. Glad anyway. you're excited. Glad you're enjoying it. And thank you for calling the show, Darlene. We appreciate hearing from you. Some good news she gave yeah. us. Yeah, 800-259-9231. I had heard about that. Someone had mentioned That's that there neat. were going to be a couple of little mini bombs between yeah, she, now and December 16th. She she sparked some memory in my mind, but I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't but clearly it wasn't promoted very well. Yeah, um, we, well, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, clear, clearly it wasn't promoted very well. We weren't very aware of it here on Free Talk Live. Uh, Lou Rockwell didn't even mention it today. And they really are, I mean, the LouRockwell.com blog is really, I mean, pretty much uh, one of the more up-to-date things on the Ron Paul campaign. And I didn't spot anything about that today. Hey, so. you know, I had to mention, too, Ian, uh, t- talking to Darlene, anybody else from Canada, you know, we accept Canadians here in New Hampshire. They, we do like Canadians. It's not we like them a lot. You know? Toronto's so, not far from and, New Yeah, and Darlene, by the way, uh, I know you're probably listening right now, or if you listen later on, if you happen to be away from the from the radio now, but hopefully you're listening while while you're um, while we're talking. If you go see Danko Jones in Toronto and you see him wearing a yellow "Live Free or Die" T-shirt or "Don't Tread on Me" T-shirt with the snake on it. I gave it to him, so thank <laughs> you, Toronto, baby. Let's go to the phones and talk to the amp line uh, where Brian in Colorado is waiting. Hey, guys. Hey, Brian. Thanks for your patience. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, sure, no problem. Well, uh, I'm in uh, Tulsa this week. Actually, I just got home today. 
And uh, now you, you may recall the last time I was in Tulsa, I kind of had kind of a car crash and ended up staying an extra couple weeks there. Yeah. Well, this time, yesterday, I uh, had an opportunity to do a little cop watch, and I ended up spending the night in jail. Oh, my. Yeah. Now, now, what, wait, what happened? So, wait, wait, wait. This was in Tulsa that you were cop watching? Yes, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Looks like you got a really nice view, huh? Now, cop <laughs> cop watch is the is a concept that uh, I think it was originally came up with uh, in I think it was Berkeley actually, where some activists decided, you know, we've had enough of this police abuse. We're going to arm ourselves with cameras and go around and record the police. So you know, tune in on a police scanner, figure out where they're at, or just see them on the side of the road, pull over, and you know, whip out our cameras and, and record the scene for the purposes, of course, of uh, helping protect the uh, the people that could be the victims of the police. And uh, that's the point of Copwatch. So you had a video camera on you in Tulsa? Yes, I was uh, walking out of the restaurant last night about 11 o'clock or so. Just uh, It's just a three-block walk to my hotel. And right next to the restaurant, there's this uh, empty lot, you know, dirt lot. And there's a whole bunch of those uh, cars there, lights on and everything. I didn't really understand that there were cops at first, but it didn't take me long to figure that out. Uh, they didn't have the lights flashing, just all the headlights on. Mm-hmm. And there was a Corvette there. And so I pulled out my camera, my phone, which has a nice video camera on it. Ah. And uh, I thought this guy might need a little help. You know, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what the, what the deal was, but why not? You know, this, this thing's kind of dropped to my lap. So <laughs> I had an opportunity. I wasn't really prepared, but so I, I put the, you know, phone down by my belly, you know, just kind of held it right there. And I, and I walked up and... Uh, one of the, the rookie cop comes up to me, and he says, um, uh, "Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to, you know how they do that. So I'm going to have to ask you to, to uh, step back to the sidewalk." Right. And I, and I said, "Well, uh, is this a, is that a request or an order? Are you asking me?" Mm. <laughs> and uh, the uh, senior cop right behind him basically plowed him over to get to me when he heard that. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah! Oh, it, it gets a lot better. This is what this is one of the questions. It's very very important to ask the police because they have a they have a way of phrasing things that makes an that makes a suggestion or a question sound like an order, and it, it, they they have a very authoritative demeanor that makes you think they're ordering you to do something. And when you ask for clarification like that, it usually gets them to it forces them into a position where they have to to answer honestly. Well, you know, I can't I can't force you to do so, sir, but uh, please move to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're saying the uh, the supervisor at that point uh, stepped in. Yeah, they, were, they weren't going to have any of that. They weren't going to have any citizens uh, questioning things. And so he, uh, he stepped in and says, uh, uh, show me your driver's license. I said, I'm not driving. <laughs> and he said, uh, so uh, do you have an ID? And I, 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 hey, I, I know the answer to this one. Uh, I don't have an ID to show you, sir. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he says, he starts, you know, he gets in my face and he starts spouting off all these laws that, that I've, I've broken or that he's going to arrest me for. And, sure. And, uh, you know, the one, you know, he's inter- I'm interfering with a, with a, you know, police operation. And I see the guy, he's already in the cop car in handcuffs behind, you know, they're not, I'm not interfering with anything. If sure. anything, they're interfering because they're not over there where the, where the, you know, the, uh, Laws being broken. They're right. They took with, time know, out from their investigation to go investigate you. So you yeah. hadn't done anything except stand there with your camera. I, I, I never got within 20 feet of any of the cars. I'm just standing there on this lot watching. All right. Yeah. So just standing out there where, you know, people are allowed to be. Public area. More on the way. In fact, uh, Brian, you can hold over, right? Sure. We're going to bring you back because you say things escalated from there. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. We'll get the rest of the story here in moments from Brian in Colorado, 800-259-9231. He wasn't even in his hometown, and he decided to do a little cop watching, ended up spending a night in jail for the favor. We'll uh, tell the rest of the story here in moments. Hour two's coming up. You can take control as well, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We continue here uh, with your phone calls. Let's go back to Brian in Colorado, who had begun telling us a story. Allow me to uh, recap it as uh, best as I understand it for our listeners that are just tuning in. Brian, you were visiting in Tulsa on uh, what I presume was a business trip, and uh, you had gotten out of a a meeting or gotten out of something, and uh, you were walking on the streets of Tulsa. And you saw some police activity. Now, being a relatively uh, liberty-minded person and concerned for the safety of someone in the uh, custody of, of the police, you decided to pull out your handy cell phone, which has a video recording function on it, and uh, begin videotaping or videoing the scene. Uh, at that point, a, a rookie officer approached you and uh, asked you to move back to the sidewalk. Uh, he said, I'm going to have to ask you to move back to the sidewalk, and you asked the the follow-up question that everyone should ask in a situation like that, and that was, are you asking me or are you ordering me? And that was when the supervisor stepped in. Uh, he then started to uh, demand your demand to see your driver's license. You pointed out you weren't driving. Uh, he wanted to see your ID. You said you didn't have ID to show him. That's not necessarily saying you don't have ID, but you don't have any ID to show him. And that's when he started threatening you with uh, in, in interfering with an investigation, and I'm sure he rattled off a few other nonsense charges. What happened then? Well, uh, uh Good recap. Uh, after that point, uh, he, uh, you know, I, I realized that the guys, you know, the guys already in cuffs in the car, and you know, it, it, it's over. But now, you know, I got my camera on, and I want to, I want to record this, you know, because this guy to say that that uh, the senior officer kind of, you know, took over the, uh, the the thing is is not quite accurate. He pretty much pushed the rookie out of the way, and he was flaming. He was wow. in my face like a like a like a like a marine drill sergeant. And I still have the camera on, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be good mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I, if I don't get tased, right? Which is a real, you know, uh, risk. Anyway, it was, ele- it was 11 o'clock at night. I had just come out of, out of, of a pub, so that's that's uh, it was late. Okay. And, so um, uh, you know, I realized nothing else is happening here. It's time to start backing up. And now we have a whole new incident. So I'm backing up, you know, Dave Ridley style, except maybe a little faster. Yeah. Um, so I'm backing up towards the sidewalk. I said, "Am I far enough away now?" And uh, he's still spitting at me, you know, and just screaming and stuff. He says, turn that phone off. And I said, I'm not on the phone. <laughs> he said, turn it off. And uh, I just kept backing up. I said, am I far enough? Finally, I was on the, on the sidewalk, and he was still on my face, and the, the rookie cop was right next to him. You know, they, they both had their hand on their weapon. Yeah. Interesting. To shoot a guy with a telephone. Yeah, right. And so finally we're back at the, uh, back at the, uh, the uh, sidewalk, and I said, uh, okay, well, you know, I'm back at the sidewalk. This is where this, uh, you know, other officer told me to be. So, um, uh, you know, am I being detained now or am I free to go? Another important question to ask nice. if, uh, if you're ever dealing with the police and you aren't sure, just ask them. Yes. Well, the answer was you're under arrest. Interesting. He, he didn't say what, you know, the cuffs go on. And so he, he you know, listed off all this stuff, you know, interfering with police business, public uh, intoxication. You know, I've had two beers, right? But <laughs> I come out of a pub, so, you know, in and five hours. I've got to say, uh, Brian, this is probably the, the weakest portion of the whole thing is, uh, is, is 
you know, the, the fact that you've had two beers. Man, once, once there's a drop of alcohol in your system, they just sort of win by default. And I'm not saying it was a bad idea or anything like that. I'm not trying to reprimand you. I'm just saying that uh, for, for the would-be activists out there, it's probably best not to do your activism after a beer. <laughs> interesting observation. Okay, yeah. so they arrested you, uh, presumably uh, confiscated the camera. Well, uh, he, he uh, uh, yeah, he took the camera out of my hand so he could cuff me, and he put the camera in my pocket. Uh, you know, closed it up so it turned everything off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he started rifling through my pockets, and uh, he found my wallet. And he says, "Oh, you have a driver's license. You lied to me. You told me you didn't." And I said, "No, sir. I said I don't have identification to show you." Oh man! <laughs> now, he, now he's he's getting more red. He's he's come unglued. At How this point. interesting is this? Because the cops love to play word games with people. They structure yeah. their words very right. carefully. They're trained, uh, you know. They're trained to intimidate. They're trained to use very select, specific words. And when you when you pull uh, the same sort of wordplay uh, back around on them, and you use very specific words, uh, it gets them very upset. Oh, they! Oh yeah! Oh man, he was spitting. And, and of course, the cuffs tightened up a little bit at that point. <laughs> So now, you know, now he says, go sit, you know, on the on the little, you know, bumper thing in front of the car, you know, the cow catcher, whatever it is. And I stood next to it, and, and he said, sit. I, <laughs> I can't, I can't sit. I, I just, I just got out of hip surgery, and I, and I can't sit there. He says, well, lean, on, lean against it then. So I'm leaning against it, watching what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the car. Turn around, you know, face forward. <laughs> Fine. So, uh, you know, they got to do all their paperwork, and this other guy's, you know, still in the car. He's seeing what's going on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, so, you know, a half hour later, uh, I'm, I'm in the, the police car heading to the police station, uh, the jail, the justice center. And, uh, you know, I get processed. And I've never been arrested before, so that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, had, I had some money. I had like 500 bucks in my wallet, uh, cash. And, uh, you know, they took that and gave me a receipt. I don't know if they counted it right. I, I don't know exactly how much mm. there was. And then, uh, you know, put all my belongings in a, in a thing, you know, in a, in a pouch. So, you know, four hours later, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, I'm uh, released, and uh, it's a $150 bond. I, 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 I still don't know at that point. I didn't, didn't know what the charge was. Hmm. They didn't tell me what it was. You know, he listed off this litany, um, but when it was 150 bucks, you know, what's that? So um, uh, it turns out that it's uh, uh, resisting an officer. Resisting that's, that's... an officer. Yes. <laughs> what does so that? I would, I would, what could I that would, mean? Whatever I they wanted the to Tulsa mean. City, yeah, exactly. I went to the Tulsa City, uh, uh, you know, uh, citations, you know, violations, and and it says right there, you know, what it is. Uh, basically, it's anything from uh, uh, slapping or hitting. You know, I mean, it, it could be violent or uh, apparently asking a question. Because that's what that's got what me. you did. Yeah, you well, asked some questions of so the cops. Now, um, now you're resisting. Now that's a bad that's a bad law. Clearly, any any law that says that you can't ask questions of well, the our law, the, the law doesn't say that. The law betters. lists out all the things, and it says um, uh, including but not limited to, and then you know this this bullet well, list of, of things. Right, I see. Right now, um, are you gonna? What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna fight this? Well, as it turns out, I have an attorney in, in Tulsa to deal with my personal injury issues. So mm. uh, I, I went there today, and, and I talked to the guy, and I, I was just going to let it go, you know, whatever. Yeah, I got a misdemeanor. He says, that might not be a good idea because if it was any other one, let it go. But now every time you get stopped by a traffic cop, right. they're going to run your, your record and find out uh, resisting an officer. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't know the conditions of it. Right. And they're not going to treat me very kindly. Oh, dear. Um, 
so I said, okay, well, what, what can we do? So we could go to trial, hope the cop doesn't show up. But, you know, he was pretty mad. And so I think he might just show up just, you know, to show me a thing or two. So uh, we're going we're gonna to just see if we can get it reduced uh, or, uh, you know, community service or whatever, you know. But, but uh, Interesting. I'll, I'll, keep you, I'll keep you posted. On so you're talking on. about maybe pleading out on this? Uh, no, no, not pleading out. Um, well, I guess it is pleading out. I, I, I'll take a, a not guilty, uh, but then we'll, uh, it, it, what will happen is, the way he explains it to me, uh, the, the uh, prosecutor will uh, say, okay, uh, it, it, we're going to drop the charges if you do, you know, two days of work at, at United Way, and you, you, you keep a clean record for three months. Okay. Well, definitely keep us in the loop here. There's one question I have that uh, I've not yet heard the answer to, and that is... Not, that is not pleading out. Pleading out uh, is usually pleading guilty or pleading no low contendere yeah. to, to a no, crime, and you will not be doing that. No You're cutting a deal. Uh, okay. Now, here's my question. What about the video? Yes, that's the final thing. And now, the, you better get ready with that uh, the, the cut button, because this not, might not be FCC-friendly. I don't have that button, my friend. I, I, I think Paraphrase. you know I, the, the the phone was out of my possession. Uh, as soon as I got back to the hotel, took a shower to clean off all the ick, uh, I looked on there and I had videos from the pub. I had videos uh, taken, at, you know, pictures taken afterwards. It was gone. Of course, of course. They Amazing. went to my phone and deleted that video. Those thugs, wow. scumbags. Hey. Welcome to the police state. An amazing story, Brian. If, Brian, if yeah. uh, if possible, uh, I would love to get him on my show somehow. I don't yeah. know how I can do it, but uh, Brian, I'll give him my email. Brian, if you can email me, I don't know if he's still on. He's probably off now. He's there. No, no, Yeah, Brian, uh, it's E L G G R A N D E L G Grande at msn.com. Make sure you put two G's in there. I'd love to get you on here, man, in New Hampshire uh, to some of the some of the cities out there that uh, need to hear this story. Thanks, dude, for the call. Keep us in the loop. Sure thing. Have a good night. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now, my suggestion from before, we'll solve all of these problems with the cops deleting videos. We'll come back with more. This is Free Talk Live. I'll explain. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. They do include, by the way, the wiki with over 1,450 pages created by listeners just like you. Get interactive over at wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I. FreeTalkLive.com and sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service uh, on November 14th. All of its uh, precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to LibertyDollar.org. We just got off the phone with Brian in Colorado. Very disturbing story about him uh, on a business trip in Tulsa. He happened to see the cop shaking somebody down for whatever the reason was. He wasn't actually ever able to determine what that was because uh, by the time he had pulled out his uh, camera phone to video the scene, the cops immediately approached him and started harassing him and threatening him. And uh, then they ended up arresting him. And they confiscated his phone. He ended up getting out of jail you know, after several hours. And when he got his phone back, the video he had taken was gone. And this is not an unusual story. 
uh, in that there are a number of instances across the country where the police have taken people's cameras. In fact, Gardner, you were asking off the air because uh, it sounded yeah, vaguely familiar. familiar. Yeah, And I was thinking, I don't know if this is the one you were thinking of, but I know that our very own uh, Lauren Canario here yeah, in New Lauren. Hampshire, yeah. uh, she had her video camera taken by federal agents while she was just simply walking down the, uh, the side of a road. And they, uh, while she was able to get her camera back, they have not returned the tape. So this is, again, something that goes on, for, whether it's the federal government or whether it's your local cops, these guys are stealing your property. They're taking and destroying the evidence that we have, that we've collected against them. When they're doing something awful, or they're doing something wrong, or in this case, just doing something, uh, they get very, very upset when you come around and you try to actually record them in the uh, the process of doing what is supposed to be a publicly visible uh, activity, and then they go and they trash the files as, as they did with, uh, with Brian's cell phone. The next step that activism needs to take is to get there, get our hands on some sort of device, and I know they must exist. They must exist in some sort of uh, rudimentary form. Maybe it's just coming out, this technology, because I know it's possible. I know this technology is possible. We need to have streaming recording. Yeah, We need idea. to have audio devices and video devices that will take a stream of video or audio and send it all over the Internet as it's happening yeah, you can to, link a, live. to a secure yeah. server somewhere else to where you can hold that video phone and nothing is being stored on the phone itself. So if the cops take the phone... Huh, too bad, coppers. The video file's on a server in Texas. What are you going to do about that? That's Excellent. what needs to happen. Excellent. That would that would be a great tool for activism, and I would uh, agree that w- that would be a good thing. But you know, Copwatch, Copwatch in Berkeley, and it's uh, moved around the United States. It's been successful for a couple of reasons. Uh, the people that are on Copwatch generally have Copwatch vests or mm-hmm. Copwatch T-shirts, um, and they have uh, generally, co- uh, you know, they, when they start their organization, they send a letter to the chief of police or the sheriff right. or all, all of these people saying, warning, We're here. we are going to be recording your police right. to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Um, Brian didn't have any of that He going didn't have him. any of that, and, and that's that, that was the reason that he had the problem that he did. So if there was, and I'm not saying that as citizens we necessarily should need to warn our betters, our superiors, our, our, our moral superiors in the police department that, that we are in fact going to be watching them since we're paying their salaries, mm-hmm. but... It, it it would be a way to avoid going to jail and having problems. Oh, certainly, I don't deny that. And uh, I, th- that said, though, Mark, certainly nothing was wrong with what our caller did. Brian, no. nothing wrong with what he did. Nope. He, he should not have had that filed away. Yeah, you know, Mark's got a practical defense against what is, in essence, clearly a corrupt uh, corrupt system in that sin- instance. It's terrible. You know, I, I keep thinking, you know, what could he have said, what Brian could, what could have Brian have said to... To uh, get these guys off their backs, so I'm a journalist. Uh, excuse me, I'm just uh, trying to find out what's happening here. Uh, writing about this, you know, some sort of thing where you yourself might feel uncomfortable because you're saying something that might not be completely honest. Uh, why can't you just stand there and say, "Oh, what's going on?" You know. Well, if anybody ever wants to, I could care less. You can always say you're a reporter for Free Talk Live. There you go. As far as I'm concerned, you are. And if you're in a situation a like that. So, uh, so if you don't feel comfortable telling a lie, now you're not telling a lie. You're or a you're a freelance free reporter for Free Talk Live. Or whatever. Whatever. 
so there's that. And again, uh, we need to have more streaming devices to help protect these video files because you can better believe that if, if activists are armed with things that are streaming to the Internet, then there is uh, there are going to be even more bad police videos that come out. I mean, we're already deluged with just awful, tyrannical police state videos that people do manage to get to the Internet. Imagine how much more we could get to the Internet if there was zero chance that the police could actually confiscate the footage. Boy, would they be pissed about that. Uh, You know, it's a great idea. That's a brilliant brilliant So there's that point. And then my other thing, the other thing I wanted to say, and Brian's not here, but he knows knows my point on this, uh, and, and that is that... I just feel awful when great activists that are Free State Project members get caught up in trouble in their home home areas where they currently live now. Brian is a Free State Project member, as uh, Mark and I are members, and we've moved to New Hampshire. So we're here in New Hampshire. The Free State Project is a movement of liberty-loving activists to move here and get active here. Look, I don't have a problem with you getting active where you are, but just understand, if you're going to be doing stuff like Brian did, cop watching and that sort of thing, making yourself visible to the so-called authorities and uh, making yourself a target, there's a chance they're going to charge you with something. And if you get charged with something, then you're going to be caught up in their system, especially if you're getting ready to leave. I don't know what his status is as far as leaving is concerned, but if you, you know, if you're planning on leaving the area you're in and coming to New Hampshire, whatever you do, it may be tempting to get involved and get active where you are. I highly recommend you stay under the radar. Just keep it quiet for a little while, move to New Hampshire, and then whip out the cameras and the audio recorders and, and get active here. I mean, it, it's not going to be worth it, especially if your uh, your move gets delayed because you have to deal with some criminal charges uh, at your current location. So I have to say that you know while I want to encourage people to be active, at the same time, if your plan is to move to New Hampshire, I would say it's safer to just... Keep a low profile until you do. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tom in Minnesota. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, What's I'd on your like mind? To talk about, oh, you know the topic you guys were talking about just a minute ago. Which one? You mean the, the police? Um, polls or something. The polls? I hate to change the subject here, but um, I'd like to talk about like problems at home. Sure. Um, like, See, I've been having trouble with the wife lately. Mm-hmm. And how I, old are you? Um, twenty nine. How long have you been married? I've been married three years. All right. So what's the trouble? Well, uh, the trouble is like uh, we've been getting in fights lately, and things haven't gone so well. And I'm looking for advice. What about? Well, um, she drinks a lot, and uh, it's kind of hard to control her when she's like that. Totally understood. I, I, I can imagine that there are a lot of people in a similar position as you are, whether they be uh, the man or the lady in the uh, the relationship with a, a significant other with an alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. What, is, what are some of the things that uh, that she does when she gets out of control? Well, she just spends the whole night out with her uh, with her girlfriends, and sometimes she she sleeps over their houses. It's like we're in college again or something. Hmm. You have kids? No, no kids. All right, well, we'll come back, discuss it, and uh, bring you back. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's got to be a frustrating situation to deal with here. Uh, Whether it's personal or whatever's on your mind goes, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Get interactive on the bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. Over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through. And it's completely free, the discussions, whether they be serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 1-800-259-9231. We go back to the phone calls here. Uh, Tom's on the line in Minnesota. Tom's saying you're having some trouble uh, with the wife. Uh, You say you've been married for three years, and you're 29. How old is she? She's the same age as me. We met uh, a few years ago. So you say that uh, she started drinking. Has she always been a drinker, and it's getting worse now, or what's the well, what's the deal she there? Stopped for a while. I mean, and I don't know. It's she's back at it again, and it's like it's hard. Uh, it's hard to control that kind of stuff. Well, she is certainly she's her own person, and you said you didn't have kids together, right? No. Well, certainly that's uh, if trouble continues to brew, not having children can certainly make a breakup a lot easier. Uh, do you feel like this is something that, uh, is it a relationship worth salvaging? Or do you, I mean, what sort of help are you looking for exactly? Well, she, um, we've, we've had a really good relationship. It's in the times like when she's not drinking, she's a great girl to be around. And um, we've seen a few counselors about this stuff, but... really. Nothing seemed to really work so far. So where are you leaning, and what sort of thoughts can we help you with? Um, just ideas on how to stop her from drinking alcohol. You can't stop her from drinking alcohol. out right now drinking. You can't, yeah. you can't stop her from drinking alcohol. Yeah, what's, what's generally the case if she's really in that bad a shape? First of all, uh, try to see if there are any other friends that you could talk to. You can try to work it in a roundabout way. Otherwise, you're yeah, well, going to have to wait for her to hit some sort of point. When she comes that's... home late at night, she just starts flipping out. And she, Is she mad at you for something? Or does she perceive that you've done something? What does she flip yeah, out about? She, she's always coming home. Where's the food? I don't know. Yeah, it Why sounds like a... on your ass all day? Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. Uh, you know... I don't know if that was a real call or not, but either way, we'll address the situation as uh, as though it was. Uh, well said. What can you do? Uh, she's going to drink. You can tell her not to, and she might pretend like she's not, but she can always sneak it somewhere and get out of you know, get, get out of your sight, go out and about, and uh, and drink. I'd be paying close attention to any joint accounts that we had together. Good point. Um, yeah. You know, I would be, uh, you, you know, if you took out credit cards together, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, I'd be... I'd shut those cards down. Um, If you had uh, bank accounts that were together, uh, I would try to divide the money as equally as as you can, give her 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 portion and you yours. But, you know, what you're talking about here is a... Is something that's headed for the dumper, um, whether you yeah. like it or not. Right. Start because, taking evasive you know, action right now. Because of the the psychological liability, you could end up. That's a great point, Mark. Uh, with it's bad enough liability. to live with a drunk. It's worse to have them steal all your money and yeah. move out. Yeah, and 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 she's just going to have to reach that point. You know, everybody says when you're some sort of an addict to something, uh, you're going to hit such a rock bottom position. And it may be that uh, you've got to go and and leave her. But the one thing is that if you've already tried and you can't help her, then you've got to just look after yourself. Luckily, you don't have any kids involved. 
Absolutely. Now, I don't know what the housing situation is either, necessarily, but if it's your house, then obviously you're on good footing in that if she doesn't own the place, uh, or she's not co-owner with you, then you could certainly say, look, um, I've had enough. You you can either quit drinking and and shape up and go back to therapy, or, uh, you know, I don't want you living here anymore. And, of course, that's after you've closed any joint bank accounts and that sort of thing. So, again, I think that a lot of relationship trouble can come from having things held jointly, and I I highly recommend against it. Uh, Keep your your property yours and come up with some sort of uh, mutual agreement as to how it will be shared, but that way, if trouble like this does come up, damage is minimized. And you don't have to worry about getting her consent to split the bank account, or I don't know what that uh, what that takes, Mark. What what's that like? I mean, if you've got a bank account with two names on it, can you just go in there and split half the money out into a, an account? You of can your take own as much permission? money as you want out of your um, out of a joint account. Okay. Um, so then you could start your own account very easily. That's at which what point I would do. Another person, you know. Um, yeah, and of course you want to make sure you have all the records and everything's transparent and all the numbers are I right. I don't recommend taking any of her money. Um, oh, I, no, no, that's no, you, trouble. Yeah, she needs to have her money and, and the, the, you know, being as fair as possible is, is you know, is a good thing. But um, I, I wouldn't let her have access to mine. And I could understand his frustration. I mean, if she really is she's a great spend, girl. If she's, she's spending not... all night out um, at night, you know, that's that's a bad thing, too. You don't know whether she's actually spending the night out with uh, girlfriends or not, and so therefore, uh, yeah, yeah, you really need to separate. People who are uh, people who are under the influence aren't necessarily using great discretion when it comes to oh, I don't know, sexual encounters and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could really lead to some dangerous situations, including her bringing home an STD uh, that she never had before. So I agree. Try That's to try to start splitting things up as soon as possible, and you can try to talk to her, but what else can you do? If you've got a suggestion uh, for that particular situation, maybe you've lived that. Maybe you've been on either side. Maybe you've been the drunk or you've been uh, the sober uh, couple or you've been the uh, the sober side of the equation. Uh, Feel free to chime in at 800-259-9231 or bring up anything. Let's talk to Stuart in Arkansas. Stuart, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um... I'm uh, I live in Northwest Arkansas. Well, let me let me start over. On Monday, you guys had a call about a Walmart conspiracy. Yeah. And uh, I live about 20 minutes from Bentonville, and I go up there all the time. And you know, it is kind of eerie. Just about every major corporation in the world has an office up there, just a small, you know, one or two room office. And you know, we like to drive around and just count them all because I mean, you know, what is Disney or Viacom? doing with an office in Bentonville. Um, Maybe just, Walmart is such a big company that it is somehow uh, financially beneficial for them to be in close proximity. Wal- Walmart does more oh, business yeah, that's, than that's most uh, third world is. countries. That's what I think it is. I think they just like to keep their retailers close. And, I mean, they're just little offices, you know, and with just somebody there to turn the lights on and off, it seems like. But I don't, I don't really think it has anything to do with the conspiracy. I think the real conspiracy is why does Walmart need the government to pay for the road leading up to their property and put in the sewer lines and stuff? I don't know if government's putting in the sewer lines. Walmart's probably paying for the sewer line installed to their store, but, I mean, the lines are running by the property anyway. 
Um, so, I mean, government pays for those things. That's what government does. I don't think it's necessarily that Walmart's uh, convincing them to do something they don't otherwise do. However, there are certainly cases where Walmart has utilized the power of government uh, to benefit itself. Uh, in the you know, in the case of eminent domain, taking uh, taking property and, and building there, and you know, getting special favors from government, there's no doubt that Walmart has has engaged in those practices. And on the other side of the coin, they've also had government eminent domain used against them, where Walmart was uh, getting ready to purchase a piece of property and then the government just snatched it out from underneath them using eminent domain and you know possibly uh labeling the property as uh oh, what's blighted blighted, blighted. Yeah. uh that sort of thing to prevent walmart from building on it so there have been you know it's definitely on both sides walmart gets abused by the government and so naturally they're going to try to use the government to their uh to their benefit whenever they get the opportunity just as any government uh, any corporation any business entity would would attempt to do if yeah. they had that leverage i think a lot of it is walmart learned their lessons here in the state of new hampshire they had a proposal that would have forced walmart to have to get insurance for all their part-time employees and now they have had they have done it because in various states all these you know, hardcore lefties have proposed legislation. If you have X number of employees or more, you mm-hmm. must get insurance. And those were targeting Target. They were targeting Walmart, BJ's, because they knew they were the biggest employers, and the other employers already did it, so they didn't worry about it, and they didn't try to fight it. It's too bad. So now, tar- you know, uh, Walmart's starting to get involved. That's the way Microsoft had to do it, too, I mean, when they got that uh, antitrust suit put against them. Stuart, good hearing from you, sir. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your your mind again that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 so whether it's Walmart or uh, I mean gosh we haven't even touched on show prep in uh, quite a while I have something here about the obligation if any what obligations do citizens have I mean you probably consider yourself a citizen what do you owe the government anyway you ever think about that well, James Bovard has, and uh, we'll talk about that probably coming up here, maybe in hour number three. Still got to take your calls as well, because they're primary, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier by going to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll find out AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you send in three bucks a month to the show, and we take it and turn it around into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. We'll be announcing a new station tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So looking forward right. to doing that. Uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get some perks to like access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, and forum. All the details and more at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and the fun. John in Salem, New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, John. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, hey John. Uh, Brian's call uh, stirred up a couple of thoughts in me. Sure. Um, for your listeners who may not know, they've probably heard something about the Ridley Report because Dave. Dave has called in and you've talked about it. Uh, I don't recall hearing on your show that Dave actually is uh, now teaching folks how to do Ridleyography. That's true. And, uh, <clears throat> although I never had a camera, a video camera in my hand, I do, do some still photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided that I have a few targets that I need to knock down, and one of them is uh, getting comfortable with 
being on the internet a little more and uh, probably doing uh, <clears throat> some some of this uh, Ridleyography, which is a, a an art in and of itself. And uh, the other thing that I need to get comfortable with, uh, I suppose, in the long run, would be what Brian just did. Uh, I'm not particularly ready to go to jail, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I actually did uh, something with a still. Uh, camera when we were being hassled by the police just for going shooting and they they rousted us up and made us all sit on the ground and all that and I took my camera out and just started popping pictures and the cops said you know what are you doing hmm. and this is kind of goes to the idea of how, how do you respond to that and, and what I said to the cop I said I'm just kind of uh, he asked me why why am I taking pictures or something like that <clears throat> and I just said I'm kind of a photojournalist and I like to document uh, or take pictures of I forget exactly what I said of, of what's happening around me Mm, nice. Sure. And I know that you have, Ian, you've uh, had, and you are, of course, legitimately part of the press, but just to, to print out a press badge yeah. or, or something that I have in mind. I, I bought a jacket uh, at the thrift store, and it's, a, it's just something that I ran into. It's black on the outside, and on the inside, it's hunter orange. Mm -hmm. And you may have seen my you know, fluorescent green jacket that I have that says nhfree.com on the back of it. I have yeah, seen I know that yes. one, yeah. My intention with this reversible jacket is to write uh, in bold print across the back, press, and probably either on the arms or on the, on the breast, something like just simply press or free press. Sure. And, if, and I'll keep that jacket in my car, and if I see something, or, or if I'm a little cool, I'll have a jacket to put on, and if I ha have that jacket on or it'll be in the car, I can just reverse it, kind of like, uh, I suppose, superhero style. Right, Throw right, and then all of a sudden you're part of the press. I think it's a great idea. And you know and what? That uh, might keep me from getting a couple extra holes put in me, which I think of with the hunter orange <laughs> yeah. walking in the forest. It protects yeah. me from hunters. Well, this will also make it very clear, when I went down to Connecticut, when Lauren was in jail, and I went down for a sunrise playing of a song out in front of there, I wore that lime green or fluorescent green jacket. And when the police showed up to kind of, you know, do what they always do, I said, you know, it's pretty clear that I'm not obstructing traffic and I'm also not trying to hide over here. And, you know, I'm somewhere in between. I'm not standing in the road and I'm also not trying to hide. Mm -hmm. Just look at the way I'm dressed. So it gives you some level of protection. And in between there, I'm thinking probably print up a business card. Business card wouldn't hurt. A press Prop badge to give wouldn't you some hurt. Nonsense. You t you just introduce yourself politely, and this is you know something uh, to be to be very careful of. Don't give them the don't give them the ammunition to start with their attitude. Just be polite and just say yeah. you know. Uh, I'm with you, John. I think that this is you're you're going about it in the in the in the very best way. It's uh, safest for you. It gives the cop an out. Um, you know, once he started being a blustering jerk, you can say, "I'm the press," yeah. and then suddenly he's like, "Oh, well, why didn't you say so?" And then he can storm off like you're right. you're a jerk. And whereas if if you're in one of the normal peons, then he, then he you know he he has to continue to be a blustering jerk and then finally put you in jail. So I think that it it's it's the best, most diffuse way, and it still holds holds the cops just as accountable as it would otherwise. Yeah. So let me give you an update with the uh, Ridleyography training. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, I went through the four hour class, very reasonably priced. I recommend it to anybody. 
What was it? Absolutely great. Forty bucks. Style of doing it. Okay. And I didn't ever do a video until that class. Had to work long hours. Today I bought a camera. Wow! So I've got, awesome. I've I've got one that I just shot right before I called, just putting around the place here. Now let me maybe, let me clarify something here for for people talking. listening. Uh, the the, the service that you're talking about again it's dave ridley he does the ridley report he calls in from time to time you go to ridleyreport.com you can see what he does but essentially what he's doing is he's shooting uh videos with that he's shooting it in a way that you don't have to really do any editing on them because normally when you shoot video footage you get a bunch of clips of different stuff and you have to spend a lot of time in the editing suite putting it all together well dave just shoots scene after scene after scene and he narrates as necessary to uh to identify what's going on and and transfer important information and he usually wraps it up within less than 10 minutes many of them are less than five minutes long makes it real easy for him once he gets to his computer to just offload it from his camera and put it right up on youtube without having to spend hours again doing editing to it and so that's what he's been training you on obviously if you don't live in new hampshire you can't uh, get signed up for this course but you know if i know dave ridley i mean he for all i know he's going to end up being at the liberty forum offering one of these courses there i mean that's just how he is he's all over the place so john uh congratulations on taking the class because it's great and the Uh, internet business i now have a youtube account i haven't posted anything yet but that was one of my things the target that i need to knock down little by little I Good now deal. have a YouTube account. I'll probably post this thing. I need to get familiar with the software, load it on my computer, sure. this sort of stuff. Well, post probably over on the BBS. Week, uh, post it on the uh, the Free Talk Live forum so everyone can see it when you're done. And, John, thanks for the call, man. Good hearing great, from man. you. Good to hear. Yeah. 800-259-9231. So what's cool about Dave, what he's doing is he's he's essentially training duplicates of himself. I mean, he's training other people, and I think he's yeah. done at least five or six people at this point, myself being one of them. Uh, as to how to do what he's doing. I've already had some video experience, but this could be something that's really, really valuable for someone like John, who's never picked up a, a, a camcorder in his life. And so now there's a bunch of people in New Hampshire that have the same ability to shoot the same sorts of videos that Dave Ridley's doing, so he doesn't have to be everywhere, and these other camera operators can be in different places doing different reports and, and of course, things. they can all link up to Dave's Ridley report, start their own reports, and, and they'll have all this different information. That's yeah. great. It's pretty wow. exciting. And uh, the, the cool thing about uh, Dave is he's managed to uh, get his uh, Ridley reports sponsored. He's now yeah. getting paid a small amount to do them. And That's true. You know, so it's 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 very cool. He's managed to take a liberty-oriented idea, turn it into a business. I know that I'm one of his sponsors, as a matter of fact. Uh, Freekeen.com, which is my other website, is uh, advertising on the Ridley Report. Our very own SACL CAI is advertising uh, on the Ridley Report. So clearly it's a valuable uh, service, and a lot of people both in New Hampshire and out of New Hampshire are watching. A number of people listen to this show to kind of get uh, an ear on what's happening as far as the activism is concerned here in New Hampshire, because... It's pretty exciting what's going on here, and so, you know, Dave is sort of like a video version of that, where you can really have a window into the world of activism here in New Hampshire and see what's going on and really get a feel for uh, for some of the exciting things that are happening around here. I think it's it's pretty cool, and the price is right. I mean, the, the guy is a professional videographer oh, yeah. by trade. He, absolutely. To, to spend 40 bucks and, and have four hours of his time... That's a steal. Mm. All right, so 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Albert in New Mexico. Albert, you're on Free Talk Live. Albert, in New Mexico. Uh, it's Edward. Oh, sorry, Edward, what's on your mind? It's Albert now, soldier. <laughs> uh, all right, Albert. Um, well, I wanted your guys' two cents. Um, okay. Let me lay it out, basically. Last Thanksgiving, my cat got out the door. Disappeared, hasn't come home. Okay. Um, 
I was wor- I've really been worried. Is about this it. last it's Thanksgiving so like just a couple of days ago, or last Thanksgiving a year ago? Oh, one week. Okay. okay, got it. Um, well, I finally found him today. I found him on the web on a website, and he's not at the City Humane Society. He's at a private animal shelter. Okay. Hmm. And I called him up, and I found out basically what happened is somebody picked him up and brought them to him. Okay. And dropped him off. Uh, I wanted to go get my cat. They told me basically uh, you got to have some sort of proof that it's your cat. Well, I don't have any pictures of my cat at this point, and I'm not believing in vets and vaccinations and stuff. I don't have any of those papers. Oh, no papers. So if you don't have proof, then you have to basically adopt your cat all over again. Oh, you got it. You're sharp. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come back wanted- with more. We'll address this. If you can hold over to hour number three, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Garth. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features free, so enjoy those. That's freetalklive.com. We go right back into the phone calls here. Uh, we had Albert on the line in New Mexico who lost his cat over the Thanksgiving holiday you know, cats, they run out the front door. If you leave it open, you don't pay attention to them. So that's what happened. And uh, apparently you were poking around on the Internet and you found your kitty. Uh, he was uh, being held or is being held at the um, at some sort of private animal clinic of some sort, right? Uh, yes, it's basically an animal humane society. Got it. And you contacted them to attempt to get the kitty back uh, when you were told that they'd be happy to give the cat back to you so long as you could prove some sort of ownership. Through a bunch of hoops and stuff. Perhaps, you know, paperwork or a tag or, you know, microchip or something like that. But you say that you've got none of that on your cat, basically. Nope. Don't want it either. Got it. So what is the option that that you have at this point? What what are they they telling you? My option at this point was they turned around and told me I could adopt the cat back. Um, for how much? Neuter, spay him, or excuse me, neuter him, uh, chip him. Um, they didn't tell me the cost. Oh. It, it just sounded expensive. But it's the Humane Society. It's a private organization that's filling a similar function. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, tricky you know, situation. There's, there's lots of these. Uh, you know, the cat lady, or uh, okay. they'll, they'll call themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a good organization. I mean, they do a lot of good stuff, too, but at this point, I'm not too happy with them because I'm looking at a side from it that I've never seen before. So I'm now, at it now kind of thinking, okay, somebody picked up my property, took it over to them. They received my stolen property, they're holding it, and now they're willing to ransom it back to me. Well, you have to understand that property, you have to be able to prove ownership yeah, of it. Like yeah, you po- protect possession yourself. is nine-tenths of the law, and to some extent. Right. And, uh, you I have... thought that was maritime law, though. Not, sorry to speak over you, but I thought that was maritime law. It, it, this is a practical matter, law. really. Right. It's a practical matter. You have no way to prove that this cat is yours, and, and they don't want... They're trying to protect your cat, your property, from somebody who might turn it into uh, Mugu Gai Pan or something. And... You know, you've got to appreciate that that's what they're doing. I understand that it could cost you some money. I don't know what your concern is about giving, uh, you know, vaccinations to a, a cat if you're if you think that the, uh, uh, I don't know what what the concerns are exactly about chipping the cat. That it, it can lead to some cancers. 
it, it some can. have said that the uh, the microchips mm. do lead to cancer. That's uh, that's certainly. Uh, I think there's been a study do. that's been done. So I understand your concerns. Unfortunately, if you can't prove that the cat was yours, then it's not Even your if property. I have now. My na- well, wait a minute. It's not just me. My na- I got my cat as a kitten from my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Him and his girlfriend. They're so both they willing to go down there and basically testify that. Yes, that's my cat. Now, to be honest, there's two percent chance that I could be well, maybe half a percent chance that I could be wrong. All I have is a picture on the internet at this point. I haven't gotten down to there to see my cat yet. Okay. It's true. Okay. And the picture is kind of a partial picture. It's just the head and the paws. Mm-hmm. Right. But the picture, the, that's him. The dates line up, and the and the area he was picked up from line up. Okay. So I mean, I know it's him. Well, again, if you look at it from their perspective, uh, they won't know who these people are. You know, they don't know if you're going to if you're working together just to try to get this cat for free. One from cat, them. I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, they they may they may see you as someone who's trying to scam them. Uh, and you know, the fact well, is, so, your cat's alive. If that's really your cat, uh, he didn't get hit by a car, so at least he's alive, and there is a way to get him back. It may cost you a hundred bucks uh, after all is said and done, but you know, if you love the kitty, you should be willing to to pony up. In that particular case. Yeah, and that's not even the issue. It's more of an issue of principle at this point. I'm looking at it from the point of, from a constitutional point of view, that cat is, and I hate to reduce animals to property because I think of them so much more, but in a legal perspective, that cat is my personal property. He was your property until he got out of your house and uh, completely out of your Be- control. Hold on, before we go any farther. So does that mean that I can go pick up anybody's car? No, but No, they have different. proof of ownership. And in most cat, in the cases of most cats so I can these go days, bicycle. Well, it's, it's the same. like we said last night on last night's show. It's best to uh, mark your bike with some kind of, uh, you know, um, some identifying number. But yeah, right. if you're concerned about theft, you have to identify your property as yours in order to easily, uh, you know, get it back in the event of a problem. Yeah, especially you're with an animal that is of a Laverne and Shirley world. What's that? I've got little L's and V's. Embroidered on everything now. I'm going with this. Well, there's certainly some property that's not worth it. Right. Well, there's some and property I that is not worth putting that sort board. of uh, identifying mark on. But some things are worth identifying. Some things are worth jumping through those hoops. And uh, a cat or a, a loved animal is one of those things. If my cat gets out, he's got a microchip in him. And you know, all they have to do is scan him, and they'll know that it's it's my cat. So I wouldn't have the issue well, that you're having. I guess another reason I'm ha- kind of looking at it this way is I'm looking at it like they're nothing special. I mean, I, they're, they prefer, provide a great function, but they're nothing special. They're, in essence, have no more rights or less rights than me. If I go and start collecting cats and, starts, and people start showing up at my front door and saying, I'm only going to give them back to you if you can prove that this is your cat, and if not, I'll turn around and I'll sell you this cat. I well, might perform a surgery on him first. You no, know, you know, we um, understand that, that that's clearly something that could be wrong. done. No, it's it's definitely wrong, but the problem here is again you're in this you're in this gray area where you're going to have to take some actions knowing that some people might try to do these wrongdoings against you. You know, for example, with a bicycle uh, animals are a little different because they they have their own will. They can wander off, and you have to you have to be aware of that. So you're going to have to take that into consideration, obviously, and say I, I might have to work a little into harder. The shelter. Yeah. Somebody do, picked him up and put him in that shelter. Right, but it's, I don't it's, see what's it's the wrong. same thing. I, as, it's the same thing as stealing a bike. You know, sometimes they could take the identification markings off your bike. That's obviously criminal. You can't necessarily stop it, but you can try to put identifying markers on the bike, hide them places, okay. and do things to try to at least increase your probability of getting it back. It's I, the same thing with the so cat. So then let's follow that line of thought. Let's say I lose my bike 
and I happen to know the favorite pawn shop. So I go down there, and I find my bike, but with the things filed off. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you right. can absolutely take that pawn shop that's, uh, that's a case. to court um, and say, look, um, here's a, I, I have a photograph of my uh, you know, identifi- identification mark right here. This is where it was, and here it is filed off on this bike. Bam, you are – any judge will uh, rule in your favor. Sure, and you could actually take it a step further. Again, if, you're, if you've got an expensive bike and you're concerned about it being uh, stolen, there are some steps you can take beyond just putting an identification uh, number on it. You could put a marking in a, sec- you know, a place that someone's not necessarily going to think of to look that's going to also uh, identify your bike as unique and as and uh, as mark suggested taking photos of it is again going to make your case that much stronger so it really all depends on how much action you take and when it comes to your cat you didn't take any action my friend so i don't see i don't think that this uh organization has done anything wrong they've rescued what they thought was a stray animal and they just need to make sure that certain things are done in order to prevent this from happening again i have one i have one more question before i make my ruling Uh, one more one more thing Okay, yes, please. Um, now, have you asked the organization if you bring in uh, witnesses, you know, the people that uh, gave you the cat, the, um, you know, from whom you got the cat, if you bring in uh, witnesses, if that will ma- matter to them? I offered to bring in the two people that gave the cat to me and mm-hmm. the kitten yeah. and the brother to the cat, you know, okay. assuming that they would agree to bring him because they got his brother. Right, and, and it probably um, looks like him. Very similar, actually, but not quite. No, right. <laughs> but, I, I, we, we, I didn't say they were. What the gesture say? I was willing to make, and it is his brother. What did they tell you? Um, they told me flat out, "I need to have papers or a picture." Hmm. Well, there you go. That's how it's going to be, my friend. What Gosh. was your final point? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I just want to say I understand the anger you feel, but yeah, really, it, it, you're in a tough situation. You got to take those steps. You got to do something. And, and be you know proactive I, I in case of him. I understand position of protect my property beforehand. Yeah, I, I do get that point that you make. I'm. I don't well, like I, either one of those really, situations. Okay, I guess this is my last two cents. I'd like to let the last two cents from you on this question. I guess. All right, go. Um, is the view really invalid that they just accepted stolen property and are harboring it or holding onto it and ransoming it back to me? That's yes, invalid. That, that's invalid. What they're trying to do is protect your cat from uh, dangers that you know that that have right. become a, a way too mu- way too overblown. The, no one stole your cat, dude. Your cat got out of your house, and someone rescued it, and now they have certain things requirements in order to give it back to you. That's all it is. And so jump through those hoops and protect your cat and get that microchip so this doesn't happen again. Thanks for the call, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You got it. You've got to do your due diligence. If you're concerned about... It seems so odd not to have a picture of your cat. I don't know. Not everybody takes pictures of their animals. Not everybody does. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Do your due diligence. Take whatever steps you feel are necessary to protect your property you care about. If you don't care, then these are the things that happen. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. And those features include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Just go and get them. Click and download. It's that easy. Freetalklive.com. And you can wow and amaze your techie friends with a new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings 12 feet. 
They're the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. All right, so 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. We go to the Future of Freedom Foundation's James Bovard. And an important question that people don't really think about very much, because the government don't want you to. The question is, what do citizens owe the government? Well, James says, when politicians aren't promising new benefits to citizens, they continually remind you what you owe the government. From their first years in government schools, children are indoctrinated with the notion that government provides them some grandiose benefit. This seed often produces a harvest of servility in later life. But few people stop and try to accurately calculate this supposed debt. What does the citizen owe the state? Or, more accurately, what does the citizen owe the politicians and bureaucrats who claim to represent and embody the state? Every extension of the welfare state results, directly or indirectly, in politicians and bureaucrats feeling entitled to demand more obedience from the people. What does the government do for citizens that citizens could not do as well or better for themselves? This is the first question that must be answered before gauging how much obedience people might owe a government insofar as government busies itself doing things worse for the citizen than he could have done himself, the citizen is justified in viewing government as a nuisance and a poacher. In the vast majority of cases, governments possess only what they first seize from private citizens. How can citizens owe government when practically everything the government has, it first took from them? The fact that people are forced to pay for certain goods and services indirectly by taxation cannot create an ir- ineradicable debt to the people who seized their paychecks. People who are government dependents have a debt not so much to the government itself, but to their fellow citizens who earn the money the government seizes and then renders to them. Some statists insist that the citizens should be grateful for such government services as mail delivery. Yet the government is more vigilant in attacking private threats to its monopoly over first-class delivery than in expediting the mail. First-class mail service is significantly slower than it was 40 years ago, in part because of an intentional policy of reducing next-day mail deliveries. In areas in which the postal service competes directly with private companies, such as overnight express mail and parcel post, the government has been whooped shamelessly. Citizens cannot be indebted to the government for mail service when it's federal restrictions that prohibit a far wider array of private services. So it is there is really a law against any private company providing mail delivery for under a dollar value. So literally they cannot compete with the postal service in that area. Public schools is another area. Others will insist that people are indebted to the government for public schools, but the parents of most children pay more in taxes than government spends educating their kids. Besides, despite sharp increases in government spending for education in the last 15 years, American high school students score at the rock bottom in math and science compared with students in other countries. The government routinely effectively confiscates parents' money to pay for schools and then fails to educate their kids. Yet it faces no liability for its de facto breach of implied contract. An investigation by the New Jersey State Department of Education concluded, quote, The Newark School District has been at best flagrantly delinquent and at worst deceptive in its discharging its obligations to the children enrolled in public schools, unquote. Public high schools graduate an, estimate, uh, an estimated 700,000 functionally illiterate teenagers every year. Regardless of how badly school officials fail to serve students, parents are left no recourse but to file complaints with the same unresponsive bureaucracy. As law professor Judith Berliner Cohen observed, no plaintiff to date has been able to convince a court that a school owes him or her any more than 
a chair in a classroom. Mm. Mm. Insofar as they've been deluded into believing that it's not necessary to find an an alternate means of education, the students are arguably worse off than they otherwise would have been. Without quasi-monopoly public schools, a far more extensive network of private schools would be available. Schools that would be responsive to parents' desire for their children to learn. The rapid spread of the homeschooling movement, whose students consistently outscore public school students on standardized tests, vivifies how parents can do better on their own. What I find interesting is that even after all of this just governmental nonsense that we're forced to we're forced to go into. I mean, now your kids aren't forced to go to government school as long as you're sending them to a private school or you're, you know, jumping through the homeschooling hoops. But that you're forced set up to pay for it. But you are forced to pay for and it. And most yeah. parents say, look, I'm paying for this already. I've been paying for this ever since I moved out of my parents' house when right. they were paying for it. I might as well take advantage of some of this free schooling. Right. And, and it's amazing that even after all of the taxes that you've paid... These civic-minded bureaucrats and big government people still say, well, if you haven't served in government, then you haven't paid back your community yet, and that sort of thing. Well, you can't, cr- you can't yeah. critique me because I'm serving in government. What have you done for your country? I'm a public servant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Look, um, servants, do, I don't have to have servants. I don't have to pay servants. And servants don't tell me what to do. Public servants, not servants. That's a damn lie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's this, again, there's this attitude of us versus them that, well, we're serving, and what have you done for your country? Huh? Well, the idea is that you can't do anything for America unless you work for the government. Right. Unless you have uh, somehow, you know, put in some volunteer time at a government bureaucracy or uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, here's, here's, an, here's a, 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 just a slight tangent to that. Bill Clinton got up there. He was complaining, you know, this whole flap about how Clinton claimed that he had been against the so-called war in Iraq from the start. He was uh, speaking in, in Iowa. And everybody says that's provably false. But there was more to this statement. If people listen to it carefully, what he was saying was, uh, he said, I was I was uh, in favor of us going to Afghanistan and I was against us going into Iraq from the start. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to give the soldiers more and to help them, but they wouldn't let me. He was talking about the tax cuts mm-hmm. on, on, you know, on people in his bracket. He said, but they wouldn't let me. Who's, who the hell is stopping him from from sending a check out to the military if he wants to buy him a flak jacket? Right, absolutely you know? ludicrous. The fact that he's not being forced means that he can't do it. Right. Boy, what a stinking you know what is he? Some sort of you know uh, a eunuch or something? He's been totally it's ridiculous. Right. Well, somebody cut his arms off. After yeah. Him, you know. After it's amazing. So uh, 800-259-9231, if you want to ca- chime in here, do citizens owe government anything? Bovard has some more comments here, but that is the question. Do you owe the government anything? And I don't think Bovard actually comments on this, but the definition of a citizen, go and look it up, law dictionaries, look it up a regular dictionary. The definition is, is essentially, to paraphrase it, uh, one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for protection services. So the idea is supposed to be, and again, this is one of those social contract ideas, because no one has ever actually, you know, besides immigrants, right. no one who was born here contracted to become a United States citizen. Yeah. So the idea is that... Nor did I, um, nor have I received a, uh, a notification from the United States government telling me that I have, uh, I am receiving protection from them. And well, you so never will. Right. And so therefore, I, I, I should be able to hold them responsible for that protection. So right. if my house gets broken into, I should be able to sue the police officers. You for not uh, you know, providing enough They'll protection They'll never for send house. that to you. Absolutely. And the reason would. why is because they have no obligation to protect. The Supreme Court has ruled over and over again there's no obligation for government to, for government to protect you. 
Therefore, if government has no obligation to protect you, there is no agreement, and uh, you don't have a duty to them. You don't have a duty to uh, to bow down. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. And this is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Live streams are there. Broadband version and a dial-up version, both for you for free. Freetalklive.com. Want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, can use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Hooray for them. Now, if you believe the socialists and the statists and the fascists, they will tell you that you are in constant debt to society and its loving government simply because you live in... um, under its reign. Mm. And, and I'm sure they hear this in other countries. We hear it a lot here in America, the idea that, uh, well, because you live in freedom, you owe something to the government. It's re- Besides all the tax dollars that you pay to the government every year, you owe something else, something, something intangible, something that can only be satisfied by you serving the government in some way, by you uh, joining the military, or by you becoming a city councilor, or you, you know, getting involved in some civic duty. Until you get involved in that manner, then you have not paid your debt to society. This is the attitude that uh, that many people have. Yeah, it's a holier than thou. I lorded over you because I was on the school board, or right. I I volunteered my time. Okay, you right. know, fine. You know, especially the people who are. I've been in public service for forty years. Yep. Uh, yeah, earning what on somebody else's dime, manipulating their lives. Screw you. Sure, and and you're absolutely right. It's a high and mighty thing. It's them looking down their nose at you. And the suggestion is that what you do, Gardner, as a talk show host. Five five days a week, working very, very hard for very little pay. I know a lot of people think radio people make a lot of money. Not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so doing, you're doing a lot of work for very little money. They're, they're essentially sliding you and saying, well, because you work in the private sector, what you do is completely valueless. Only those of us that work in the public sector are actually doing things that are of value to society. And, ha- and uh, until you join us, then you're just nothing. And this is the attitude I'm talking about here. And James Bovard at uh, the Future of Freedom Foundation is addressing a couple of specific issues where government provides something and then continues and taxes you and you pay for it. But then the, you know, the attitude continues on that even though you've paid for it, you still somehow owe some sort of intangible debt. What about the roads? He says, well, nor are citizens indebted to government for providing goods such as roads. Despite heavy federal taxes levied on gas buyers, politicians are allowing more and more of the interstate highway system to deteriorate to third world road conditions. Roughly three-fifths of all interstate highways are in poor or mediocre condition, according to their very own Federal Highway Administration. Drivers pay more than $140 billion in gas taxes every year, but only about half of that money is actually spent on maintaining and building roads. Yeah. The rest is spent on other political wish lists. 
Roads are a good example of the contempt that government shows for citizens in the services it forces them to finance. As road expert and author Gabriel Roth observed, U.S. roads suffer from the typical command economy characteristics, poor maintenance, congestion, and insensitivity to consumer needs. Because traffic jams cost government employees nothing, government agencies scorn sound traffic control measures. Federal Highway Administration traffic safety engineers Samuel Tignor and Davey Warren concluded in a 1990 study that most speed zones were posted 15 miles an hour below the maximum safe speed, that on average speed limits are set too low to be accepted as reasonable by most drivers, and that the posted speeds make violators out of motorists who drive reasonably and safely. Politicians profit from unnecessarily low speed limits because of the increase in the number of drivers eligible for speeding tickets. Accidents and traffic jams result from the policeman's fixation on ticketing drivers who pose no threat to public safety. You know, it's it's interesting that they spend so much time chasing after speeders and people that might roll through a stop sign as opposed to coming to a mm-hmm. full and complete stop. And, you know, it... What about all the unsolved crimes in town? What about all the people in the last they year? They don't pay. Right? That's not where the money comes from. And I think that that's where the, some of the contempt comes for traffic cops. Oh, sure. Sure it does. Will Rogers yeah. suggested long ago the way to deal with traffic congestion is to have business provide the roads and the government the cars. But though this hasn't been done, politicians still expect thanks from citizens, despite potholes as far as the eye can see. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More comments from Bovard here, but let's go to the phones and talk to Dave in Michigan, listening on WAAM. Hey, Dave. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to bring up the idea of that perhaps we did sign a contract, uh, the like the Social Security card. The moment we're born, our parents sign us up for this, and the government kind of pushes it upon us, mm-hmm. and we're told that it's necessary or that we have to have it, and. Um, Maybe it's to the idea of back to where the, the mandates of the states, where where the money goes, so does the jurisdiction. I'm not sure. What what is that again? Well, my my point is that when the, the idea that the government may can kind of be can kind of say you have to pay these these certain taxes or you have to do these certain things, or the statesman uh, between the the servant and the statesman, and the idea is that maybe the jurisdiction is. There because the money goes to us. They they take the money and they they give it. They kind of hold it over our heads like they do with the states with mandates. I'm not sure. I, I mean, are, the the social security thing. Your parents did sign something to bring you into it, but that's not you consenting to it. So you... I know that's that's the best point I'm making. We, we we have a contract that we, we that was essentially signed, which is the social security notion is kind of a contract between you and the government. Okay, so... and the idea is that perhaps. We did sign a contract, and the idea that the government has authority over us in a way because they they all they own the money. Well, well they definitely they own, the do money. own the money because they they print it. And exactly, you know, I would I would say that the government's definitely set up a system um, in which it's difficult to operate without uh, using their money or without using their Social little security. number they've given yeah. you or anything like that. But. Uh, signing up for the you know, your parents having signed you up for the social security ca- card doesn't obligate you to do anything. Nor would it's invalid. It, even if well, you signed up, they've, they've narrowed our abilities to to uh, participate in a free market because without the social security card, you 
really hard to get a job without one. Oh, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And it's, I have a social security number. I, I certainly use it when I need to use it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't use yours, but I'm saying that the fact that you have a social security number and the fact that your parents signed you up for a card doesn't obligate you to do anything. Absolutely. In fact, um, even um, if you had you... signed up for it on your 18th birthday, no contract's valid for 80 years. The government won't let you sign. Most states um, won't let you sign up a con- for a contract of more than 36 months. You can't have a gym membership with a with a uh, workout club for more than 36 mm-hmm. months. But well, somehow are- or another, if you signed up for a Social Security card with your 18, you're obligated to do something for the rest of your life. Nah. Well, there also has to be a meeting of the minds when it comes to a contract. And even if you did sign up for that Social Security card, it's probably likely you didn't read the tomes and tomes of law that also apply to having a social security number so there's no way that you could be expected to have any idea what that contract was that you'd signed up for all you knew is you were told you needed this therefore you signed a form and you got this number there's no real contract there nothing tangible uh you never were presented with terms and you never agreed to those terms you were just told this is something you have to do so it's completely it's just completely invalid the whole thing all right, can I just make one more point before I go? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I also wanted to bring up the notion of I'm 19, and I realize that I'm not going to get anything out of Social Security mm-hmm. yeah, at you're, all. You're, you're not. That, oh, he said that, he's 19. Like, okay. It, it was kind of forced upon me. That's what I'm saying. It was kind right. of forced sure. upon the younger generation. You'll likely and have enough money for, from Social Security to buy dog food. Exa- yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And we're being taxed now. I mean, if it wasn't for all the taxes I had, all the money going away from me, I'd be able to, li- I'd be able to live a lot easier. Mm, absolutely. And, or you'd be able to save your money um, for the future so that uh, abs- you'd be able to retire in g- grand glory rather right. than... Because uh, you taking that 15% and investing it in even a savings account will do better than Social Secu- uh, Security will in the long run. The mm. fact is... You don't have an obligation to pay into Social Security. I don't do it, Mark. I know I don't, you don't do it. I don't it. pay into Social Security. Of course, we're both self, uh, you know, self-employed, so it's easier for us. There has to be some way for you to get your uh, employer to somehow opt you out of the system. I don't know what that path is, but you are not obligated to pay in. Obviously, you can't take it out if you don't pay in. One away. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your uh, your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there. We give them away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Oh, and if you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So it doesn't matter if you're buying uh, holiday gifts for your friends or family or just something for yourself. If you do it through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, again, Free Talk Live will get a cut. And that includes everything in their 41 categories from new to use, including Gardner's new book, which yeah. is called Live Free or Die. And yes, uh, they can you. find it by looking for Gardner Goldsmith on Amazon.freetalklive.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm proud to say there's some work in there for, by my father, and I hope everybody will go over and get it. Uh, I've been watching the numbers, and uh, keep pushing it, everybody. Really, uh, it'd be great. Just grab it. Uh, live for your die. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. We go to the phones to Johnson in Connecticut on the amp line. Johnson, what's up? Hey, hey, I just wanted to talk to you guys about a collector's opportunity, I guess. Okay. Um, for people who are our hardcore fans or maybe are just collectors in general. All right. What is it? Um, well, 
you guys know about the lounge shirt. I'm sure you've seen the lounge shirt that we sell in the Free Talk Live store. It's yes. very, well, very snazzy. A uh, number of people were, were, I saw at least one or two of them at uh, last year's Liberty Forum on some of our listeners. I've worn it myself. It looks great. It's I've like got a, one. It's like a bowling shirt, kind cool. of. Cool. Well, those listeners may uh, have a, a reward for themselves. Um, that is that... I have decided just as, you know, as, as far as these shirts have gone and, and just as we've been producing them, I've been looking into the sort of the cost versus the actual benefit and look of this shirt as far as having these shirts be embroidered. Um, we've had them be embroidered so far, and we have since switched to uh, doing these shirts in all screen print. Screen printing. Okay. Um, the, fa- the fabric itself is, you know, it's a thin shirt, it's very light. I thought it was going to be a little bit thicker, and it's sort of a, a lighter fabric for a bowling shirt. And so what I decided is that, you know what, it looks just as good with screen printing. The, the embroidery is a, a little bit thick, so I decided to switch over to that. So as we've been going on, um, I've sent out the embroidered shirts first, and we're out of them. Um, there's only three left. Right. You want to, uh, obviously, in any retail situation, by the way, in case you don't know, Johnson is our store manager, and you can go and look at these shirts, uh, as well as hats and other uh, Free Talk Live branded merchandise at store.freetalklive.com. But in any retail situation, you want to sell out all your old stock before you bring in the new products. Right. And, and, uh, and embroidering a product also is, for us to do, is it's a very expensive process. And... Um, so I sent out the nice, you know, all the, I made sure to, for everyone who was getting them, you know, if they were available in that size, to send out the embroidered shirts first. And we've come down to very few left. And I've decided that, you know, these are going to be collector's items. So what I'm going to do... Right, because I'd they like, will never be manufactured again. This is it. Right. This is it. Three left. So I have put them up for auction. And I don't know if we, I can, send, you know, can I send people to, to the link, to the main link? Yeah, that's the yeah. best way to do it over the air, I think. Okay, so auction.freetalklive.com is where you can go to uh, to see those. Um, and now you won't see them necessarily right as soon as you go there because you are auctioning a bunch of your personal stuff at the same time. Right. I'm currently uh, just I've got a bunch of old records and some antique kitchen stuff and some other stuff that I'm I'm slowly. This is my first time, you know, I, as a libertarian and, and a marketeer. Uh, I'm a little behind the game. This is my first time on eBay. Wow. Oh, wait, now, wow. you've never bought anything on eBay? I've bought from eBay, but I've never sold. Okay. okay. I've never sold on eBay, and I've got a lot of junk. <laughs> I've got a lot of junk, especially a lot of uh, electronics that I should have sold. That I tend, I tend to hold on to old electronics. I'm mm-hmm. sort of a pack rat, and I need to really stop that. But then I also just have a lot of friends, and you know, I I know my way around the internet, and I really should have been selling on eBay probably for the past several well, years. It's but. never too late to start, and so basically, if you want to go and take a look at uh, and place a bid on one of these uh, Free Talk Live bowling shirts, limited edition, the last three remaining, you go to auction.freetalklive.com. You might have to go to the second page of the auctions. I'm not sure where exactly they'll show up, but uh, you'll see a bunch of vinyl records and that sort of thing, and then you'll see the auctions. And we'll send out an update tonight so you can actually have the direct links to uh, the bowling shirts. What sizes are available, Johnson? What are the three sizes? The sizes sizes that are currently available are double extra large. Good heavens. Extra large Mm -hmm. and medium. Oh, okay. One each of those three sizes. That's it. 
So that the is double it. extra large will fit my brawny brawny torso. Thank you, John. <laughs> so, so, so currently, I, you know, the, and you know, the, the auction started them. The, the place I started them at is exactly what they go for in the store. So we didn't add anything on. Uh, they're going, you know, for you. You might be able to snag them for exactly what they would cost, you know, in the store. So. You may very well, and you can do it right now at auction.freetalklive.com. If you're on the updates list, you'll get the exact links a little bit later tonight. You can get signed up for that at updates.freetalklive.com. And while you're at it, take a look at Johnson's crap. Maybe place a bit on some of that stuff. <laughs> if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting up some. I have uh, some books that I have. That you know, I'm uh, with my family now. I'm in Connecticut. I'm going to school, and I have. Uh, Access that we've just dug up some books from the early 1900s. So I have some really interesting stuff, but I'm not putting that up until Sunday. So Very good. Hey, you guys. And- um, it, I, I love what you're doing, man. It's a great idea. And if I get an opportunity, I'm, I think I might go in and, and place a bid on that because I like that idea of doing the doing the auction. Good job. Great, great thing, cool, Johnson. Thanks for the call, going? dude, and good luck with your auctions. And, uh, again, these are limited edition. There are no more Free Talk Live bowling shirts being manufactured with embroidery, which is this the nice. Is you know, it looks like a patch, right, the Free Talk Live mm-hmm. logo. It's like everything. the Laverne and Shirley deal going on. Yeah. Except, hey, and I just want to thank both of you guys uh, just real quick. I was over at Amazon.com and I was uh, I was looking and of course people can do it Free Talk Live uh, Amazon.com that's the way to Amazon do it. Yes, Amazon dot Free Talk Live dot com and I looked at free, Live for Your Die and uh, we had been uh, I had fallen out of uh, certain rankings and I'm at number 29 with this book now on wow. our subcategory so please uh, folks if you're out there and you've been thinking about it please buy it go over and 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 grab it and I think you're really gonna like it. And right now, I'm just behind Gordon Tullock with the Calculus of Consent. Whoever that is. It's like a famous James Buchanan, Gordon Tullock, a famous, famous, uh, you know, free market. Uh, I mean, James You're Buchanan name, won the You're Nobel name. Prize. This is wicked. Oh, hey, man. real quick, let's finish up uh, James Bovard here, at least as much as we can get through. He's got some thoughts on police protection. He's talking about this idea that even though we are forced yeah. to pay for these government services, that government people and uh, these government people and people that support government seem to think that that's not enough, that we still owe them something above and beyond all this uh, taxation. He says, well, do citizens owe a vast debt to the state for keeping the peace? Many big city police departments have effectively abandoned serious efforts to solve robberies and other cases of non-lethal violence. The District of Columbia police, for instance, make make arrests in fewer than 10% of burglaries and robberies. But D.C. police have set records for arresting citizens detected drinking alcohol on their front porches. Yeah, God knows. <laughs> They've also been valiant in cracking down on drivers with unfastened seatbelts. Insofar as government prohibits people from owning or carrying weapons for self-defense, it's a scant consolation that a policeman arrives after the crime to chalk off the body. There are more than twice as many private security guards as uniformed policemen in the United States. More citizens than ever before are living in gated communities or relying on home alarm systems. Private citizens use guns to defend themselves more than two million times a year, according to Florida State University criminologist Gary Kleck. Yeah, and how many times are the cops coming out there to defend us? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they wouldn't if they could... Because cops would defend you if they could. They can't likely, be everywhere. Likely they would jump right in front of a bullet to save you. But they're not there. Right. This is a possibility. Off doing something else. Likely giving someone a ticket. After comparing the effects of more people carrying guns with other popular reforms, economist John Lott concluded that of all the methods studied so far by economists, the carrying of concealed handguns appears to be the most cost-effective method of reducing crime. 
He says citizens can't be indebted to the state for any political promise that the government fails to fulfill, just as any citizen's obligation to fulfill a private contract is dissolved by the other party's failure to fulfill his obligations. Nor can people owe obedience to government for any activity that the people could have done better themselves. It's the government that owes obedience to the citizens, rather than citizens who owe obedience to government. But the bigger government becomes, the more difficult it is to make it heal. So, uh, real quick... You're going to be able to meet all of us if you come to the Liberty Forum. And it is the perfect storm. The Free State Project, the most critical presidential election in living memory, and the New Hampshire primary. You know you're going to the Liberty Forum. You don't want to miss this critical moment in history. The time to register is right now. The special low rate at the hotel ends this coming Monday. So this is your last weekend to get the special discount room rate. After that, it's going to go up due to the incredible demand for rooms in New Hampshire before the primary. So go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use the code 2008FTL, that's 2008FTL, to save 10%. And we'll see you at the Liberty Forum. It's been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. And you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.